Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So this evening, as I'm recording this, we are bringing on a new guest co-host. And this is a gentleman that I've actually been following for a little while, and he got referred to me from one of our regular guest co-hosts. She's not really a guest anymore, I guess. She's really just a regular co-host. Shout out to Dr. Megan Cannon, sports psychologist. She's like, hey, you got to get Rick on the show. So ladies and gentlemen, he's a writer. He's a speaker. He's a performance coach. And as an ex-special, I don't like ex, let me, re, let me edit this. As a former special operations veteran and ultra-endurance athlete, he crafts content to help lead people through adversity and into a life of meaning. Well, I think we've hit on this a few times in this show. Uh, so you can hear his ideas on his podcast, that's right, fellow podcaster, Lionheart Radio, which airs Monday through Friday, or by picking up a copy of his debut book, Burn Your Couch, which can be found at burnyourcouch.com. So without further ado, Rick Alexander, sir, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm going to be honest, you probably did my bio much more justice than I've ever heard anybody else do it. I don't know if it's the voice <laughs> or the inflection, but you killed it. Well, you know what it is? I had to, I had to pause on the X. Uh, I had, I, I'm actually not going to take credit for that. A, a friend of mine uh, was a, it is, I'm sorry, a... California firefighter. So he's not wild man, but he's a lieutenant high up in Cal Fire. And obviously all the tragedies going on out there with the wildfire and everything else and me having my past connectivity to wildfire. We were at a big uh, entrepreneurial mindset conference that I love go to every year called Thrive Make Money Matter. And he called me out because I, 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 he overheard me talking to somebody and I said, ex hotshot firefighter. And he's like, no, 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 dude. He's like, once you're a firefighter, you're always a firefighter. He's like, it's former. You know, he's like, the same thing goes for police, first responders, military, et cetera. He's, I was like, whoa, it just, it just flipped my, my brain. So I, th I thought I'd on the fly adapt that and see what you thought. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. I think I probably will go back in and edit. As you said it, I was like, ah, oh, God, I should, I should have edited that. I, I never good. would have thought about it unless he brought it up. So, which this is why I love like connecting with new people. This is why I love podcasting too. Cause like all of a sudden, either before a show or after a show, or in this case at a conference, I got a guy who just comes from the fellow fire world. And this guy's been a career guy for like 20 years. And he calls me out. And he's like, don't you dare call yourself an ex. He's like, you served, mm. man. He's like, you put yourself and your life on the line of duty for, you know, your fellow mankind. So he's like, own that. And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> I will no longer say ex again. <laughs> right. No, I like that perspective. I like it a lot. It's interesting to me. You know, because I've transitioned out of the military and I've I've realized that life is really just essentially a long list of transitions and changes. Uh, but I'm really interested in how you sort of mold your identity going forward, because I think one of the propensities that, that people do is when they come from something that demands a lot of them, like fire, military, police, and then they go to do something else. They have trouble letting that part of their identity kind of take the backseat. And then so that whatever they're doing forward can take the front seat. And so I'm always really interested in that as, as well, like what, what that looks like going forward. You know, I'm glad you're bringing that up because as soon as you said it, you, I kind of chuckled inside of my head just now because I remember, you know, once I stepped out of that role, it was only a two year adventure, right? But it changed my life. And I mean, you do it as an extreme position like that. Like I, 
nobody knew what a hotshot wildland firefighter was. I was, I didn't even know it to the point where now I'm literally writing a book about it. So it's funny. You're an author and I'm, I'm becoming an author. And I remember now, I mean, when I moved into Colorado, that's all I ever talked about. And even when I moved back here to the East coast, it was like, I, it was such a, a life changing component that I didn't want to let it go. And mm. I, to your point, I, I, I've admitted this multiple times on the show. It's like, it, it got to the point where I was like, you know, are you allowing yourself to move past that? Is it holding you back? It's, it'll always be a part of my identity, but do I always have to lead with it? Right. So it's interesting you're bringing that up today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because if you let the wrong seat, let the wrong thing get in the driver's seat, when you're going through your life, it's going to make you miserable. And so, you know, if you, a lot of times I see it like veterans will, they want to, they're the person that wants to get out of the military and then they get out and then they become this like really unhappy version of who they used to be. And all they talk about is going back in and it's suit and it sucks. Like it's really a bummer to see friends like that. And I think a lot of that is because they're not allowing the next, they're not allowing the next evolution of who they are to step into what they want to do next. You know, it goes back to that classic quote, like, uh, how are you supposed to move forward if you're always living behind? or something like that. It's one of these, there's so many different manifestations of that quote, but it's, it, it is so true. I, I know a lot of veterans because of my, my love of CrossFit. Like I found CrossFit thanks to wildland firefighting. And actually I'm wearing my buddy's gym shirt right now, SYR here in Allentown. And Megan does a, a wad and learns. She does do one this Saturday where she comes out, we do a workout and then she does a presentation on sports psychology and mindset work and everything else. So full circle on that. But the point is, is like in the CrossFit world, there's a lot of former military, even still active military. It's a part of that lifestyle. Um, but to your point, I've had numerous conversations with former military talking about how they, it was such a life changing component or so hard ingrained into their life that they don't want to move on per se, or they, they do feel stuck. And that's what it's interesting how you brought up. Um, they want to go back, right? Mm -hmm. Well, why do you, I mean, a lot of them take it as a badge of honor is what I hear anyway, is what I'm hearing. So I'm interesting, you, you've actually served, you can speak to this, but it's like, why do you have to go back? Like you, you served, you, you have that honor and that respect. It's okay. You can move on and start a whole new chapter, right? Yeah. And I think that there's a couple things at play there. So, so this is good advice. I think for anybody that's transitioning out of anything in life is, you know, you have to take the mentality of being okay with being an amateur. Like, cause you have to start over, you have to be a beginner again. Like I'm not, especially, so I made the decision that I'm not going to write about my military career going forward, but I am going to be a writer. Interesting. That puts me way back at the bottom. So like, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like I could write a book about my last deployment and I've had book offers for this mm -hmm. and do much better, but I've decided like, no, I'm going to commit to the craft. I'm going to commit to being an amateur. I'm going to do the things that I have to do to work my way up. Right. And I think what, what people don't realize is like, you can look forward without minimizing your past. And I think people get afraid, they get afraid to let that part of them go. Um, but just because it's not your focus anymore and it's not what you lead with doesn't mean it had any less impact on your life. It still crafted me. I couldn't be any more proud, but looking forward, it's not the thing. I, I can't spend time looking backwards or I'll never get where I'm trying to go. You know, I, I, I love this because there's probably former military or active military listening to this show as well. Uh, hopefully fire police, first responder. I like to give back to them as well, but this does go to anybody. I mean, when you have a career change, when you have a relationship change, 
uh, when you reload, there's three of the most, I studied psychology when I went back to school before firefighting, and I remember this, there's the two to three of the most top psychologically strenuous things that you can go through in your life. One is death in the family, right? So uh, you lose a loved one. Two, marriage. <laughs> okay. At all levels. And, uh, and three, relocation. So that mm. it's funny because I can't tell you how many times I've met and I've been friends with military and it's like, okay, these dudes are like, okay, they're, they're, they're relocating to a new base or a new assignment. Then they meet somebody. So there's now you're opening up uh, matters of the heart plus matters of the career. Then let's tag in the relocation. And then hopefully you don't lose a friend or, or, or fellow, you know, military member a, along that life cycle. Right. So there's already a lot of stress happening there. <laughs> oh, for sure. But this, this does carry over into the regular everyday. Somebody could be in a corporate job and your company's moving you to the other side of the country. And now you have relocation. Hopefully the relationship uh, survives that or maybe you're single. But now you move to another part of the country. You're starting a whole new life over there. You're starting a whole new job. You're starting a whole new role. You're starting a whole new possibly future relationship in dating and romance and everything else. All stressful variables. So Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can't speak to it cognitively, but uh, experientially I can tell you, you know, from my experience, what matters is if you go to these things on your own volition. The more you accept this change and go toward it yourself, the less you feel victimized by the change and the circumstances and the life that's around you. So, mm. you know, I I really spend a lot of time. I mean, I live in in a couple of those. I'm always pseudo changing jobs because I always have new projects. And I'm in Australia right now, and I'm going to be in California, and then I'm moving to Colorado in January. And um, I understand that that life isn't for everybody, but just what I found, the more subtle ways you can build this discomfort and change into your life and go toward it yourself, the less you feel like it's something that's happening to you. So that's why I knew you'd never get along because back when I made the decision to go do fire, and this will be in the book, just, uh, it's, it's about, the book is not actually about necessarily firefighting. It's kind of like, it's funny how you talked about this now with the military. It's about the metamorphosis, the transformation and the life lessons learned because I want to see people take this hotshot experience that I went through and, and what I tell in the book and apply it like we're talking about now, right? Apply it to mm -hmm. your professional space, your romantic space, whatever. It's like, it's about uh, the last, uh, this podcast just aired me today. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's called your, your superior self. And he's at a, he's down in Maryland. And at, at one of the taglines he put in the title was, cause I said it multiple times in the show is embracing the suck. And this was something that we used all the time when firefighting. It's like, dude, just got to embrace the suck, bro. Or else you're not going to get through the day. You're not going to get through the week. You're not going to get through the assignment. And I don't know if you guys ever used that in the military. I'm sure you did <laughs> or, or a variation of it. Yeah. Or a variation of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's other well, ways you know, to say that. Yeah, right. That, that's one of the things I love about. So that's that's what's cool about the opportunity to read a book. I don't think enough people think about this or a podcast like you went through this two year experience that was by all means very demanding and took all of you, I'm sure. And in that process, you learned all of these lessons and you happen to be somebody that's like willing to synthesize that lesson. So if I'm corporate, whoever, and I'm trying to go to lead the next sales meeting, I get to like literally live through you who went through two years of suck in order for these lessons that have been forced in sweat and hard work and, and all of the things that comes with that. And then I get to download that in 45 minutes or a couple hours and then try to pull away from it what I can and apply it to my own life. So yeah. that's like, just, just to that point, that's what I like about this format. What I like about creating content in general is you get this opportunity 
to take somebody else's really hard work and apply it to your life. Yeah, I, I, you're reinforcing everything that I teach because you know, I, I was in the corporate space before, then left it all after I made myself go back to school, do the BS in marketing, study psychology on nights and weekends as an adult student, then bow out of all of it and say, you know what? I need more risk. I, I got to go do this. And all my friends and colleagues are like, what are you thinking? You know, you're, you're making more money than your friends now without a degree. Now you finish your degree, so your pedigree is looking better, blah, blah, blah. My LinkedIn profile looked more consistent, whatever. And I was yeah. like, ah, but dude, I'm, I was 31. I was 32. Actually, when I made these decisions, it was probably 28, 29 going into my 30s. And I was like, all right, let's bang this degree out. And then I, uh, I negotiated my own dismissal from the company. I was like, listen, I was like, I need you to fire me so I can get unemployment <laughs> just until my fire career starts. <laughs> Like I negotiated yeah. my own dismissal and uh, my boss was like, I'm sorry, what? And I was the top, I was the number two sales guy on the team, which was hilarious. Anyway, um, it's just, I, but I set my goals and this is what I wanted to do. And I was willing to embrace the risks. Like it excited me and I was like, Oh dude, I have to, I literally get my house. I was, I had a 2000 square foot townhouse and then I had an, like, an, it was used, but I had an Audi A4 and then I got rid of all of it. And then I got a $3,000 Subaru Outback wagon and reduced my life to fit in that car and then moved to Arizona and lived on a compound in the mountains of Arizona. Like it's, you know, again, like you're saying, you're moving to Colorado. I moved to Colorado, you know? And so these are those risks that we need to w break those walls down and not make them so hard to climb. What do you say? To that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love that. Cause I had a Mercedes in a house last year and everything shoved into a Subaru right now. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, all right. That's what I'm talking I'm about. <laughs> but, but you know what it is, is you had this inkling to do this thing. And a lot of people, in fact, everybody has this, right? You could call it your call to adventure. You could call it whatever you want. But if you would have ignored that and you would have decided to go the conventional route because that's what everybody around you wanted, you would be miserable in five years. Maybe if you'd have stayed on that road 10 years, like that's the exit. That's the thing that an existential crisis is made of, right? That yeah. you literally ignore your call to adventure and you continue to do the things that you think you're supposed to do, or you have all these obligations that are essentially self-imposed, right? Because you had the sure. ability to show all your stuff in the Subaru, but we, we really build up walls in our mind about what we have to do. And I think over a long period of time, if we don't, if we don't go toward it because of the fact that it's uncomfortable or we feel obligated or responsible or whatever that is, we're going to find ourselves pretty far from who we actually want to be down the road. Or what we could have been. I mean, that's a, there's that could be, could be factor that I think a lot of people, you're following the norm. And what people don't understand is that, and I didn't understand until I went through it, which was like, okay, well, who's to say what the norm is, right? There's millions of people on this planet. There's hundreds, if not thousands of dialects, lifestyles, ethnicities, like different upbringings, everything. So Heck, the United States of America is like the melting pot times 10. So yep. just in this country, there's so many variables to consider how you want to live. So why not try them, right? Like, right. just try it. You might not like it. Great. Now you can check it off. All right, tried it. Didn't like it. Like firefighting. I did like it. Uh, I realized at the end of the two years, it's like, it didn't click. It didn't say, you know, what? I don't see myself doing this the rest of my life. I'm, I know that I'm capable of doing more and I want to do more. I'm not the saying, not saying that wildland firefighters aren't doing a lot. Trust me. You, you watch the news, what happened in California this year, all three of those fires the past two months. There's plenty to be done. 
Uh, it's just, I, I just didn't click with it anymore. I said, you know, I did it. I earned my belt buckle. I got it up there on the wall and I was like, all right, I'm ready to move on. Let's try a new chapter. Let's take another risk. I moved to Colorado, right? Uh, all these things. I didn't know what was going to happen next. I just knew that I needed to change the chapter. It was time to move on. So. It, and I think because you're moving forward, because you're forward looking at least, and you know that this, you're being, you know, very self-aware and honest with yourself. Like I'm ready to do something else. It kind of keeps you above the turbulence. You know, it keeps you above the, the change and the shifting and, it allows you to sort of navigate life with a little bit more ease. At least that's what I found. As long as I'm going to these things, you know, by my own accord, then it's a little bit easier to manage all. Yeah, but here, here's my question for you then. So does it scare you to think that what if I don't keep doing these shifts, right? Because that was part of my, I realized that now as you and I were talking, like uh, when I had the opportunity to come back to the East Coast to help a friend of mine start, you know, grow her new company, uh, things weren't going that well in Colorado. Like the job market was brutal. There's just so many people. I wasn't entrepreneurial back then. I wasn't building stuff in online space. I hadn't really started crushing, uh, you know, eBooks and and on Audible, for example. And Amazon wasn't that big yet, so Audible wasn't that big yet. Was barely getting into podcasts. Like obviously, fast forward, a lot has changed. Right. Um, so it scared me coming back. I felt like I was stepping backwards, not stepping forwards, and. I'm just wondering, like, obviously you about to go from Australia to Colorado. Uh, have you ever thought down the road, like, okay, what if I, I'm going to air quote this, settle down <laughs> or settle into a more consistent uh, lifestyle? I would say that my unique fear is what if I never do? <laughs> That's Ooh, more of, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, just, you know, we're all kind of contending with our own things, but I love the process. Like I've, really like I'm growth minded. And you know, what's interesting is a lot of people because I think because entrepreneurship is big now, and it's a buzzword to be growth minded, like everybody's like, Oh, I'm in it for the growth. And really, though, if you're really growth minded, like that kind of a lifestyle is rough. And I don't wish it on anybody, because it means you got to leave relationships, and you got to leave jobs, and you got to leave states. And if you're going to honor the process of what growth really requires, that means that you are going to grow away from certain things that are really comfortable and that, and that you might enjoy. And so you have to, I don't know. So I think my biggest fear is I'm so growth minded and I'm so self-aware that I love the process of building and doing new things that I'll never actually want to say anyone. Yeah, it's interesting because like for the first time in my life now, I'm 41, I'm engaged to be married in, in March of 2019. And that scared me. Uh, but I was like, oh, well, the cool thing is I met a girl, though, that doesn't want kids. I don't want kids. We took care of that snippity-snip right away. She even paid for it. She's like, yeah, I want." I she's like, let's do that now. <laughs> I didn't even put a ring on it. Um, yeah. I was like, okay, that, there, there's a commitment. Um, but the cool thing is like, she's a hardcore skier like I am. We both rock climb. We both CrossFit. Like, she's got her own veterinary business. So we're both entrepreneurs. So it, it was interesting. I was like, oh. If I allowed myself to take this different risk than I'm used to, right? What mm -hmm. I, I think I was more worried about these unnecessary what ifs. And then to, to what you and I are talking about right now, it's like, well, I didn't know until I put myself through it. And I at least would open myself up to it. But let me tell you, this will be in the book too. Like I have a chapter in there about I'm not the love doctor, but uh, she broke up with my ass. I mean, <laughs> she's like, I, my walls were up so high from Colorado mm -hmm. life and the fire life. Like I wasn't willing to let anybody in. I still wasn't embracing back living in Pennsylvania, like all this stuff. It was all this crap. And 
the reason why I went back after her and tried to recover, really actually, sorry, not recover, start a new relationship with her, because that was essential. You can't reopen the wound, right? Start anew, was I was willing to get vulnerable, is a key word, take the risk, let her in, and say, well, what if none of that stupid crap happens and all these amazing things happen? But if you can't just automatically assume and look into the future and say, well, if I got into a serious relationship, uh, all of these bad things are going to happen. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to yeah. be rooted and blah, blah, blah. Now, like, dude, we're planning our wedding for Banff, Canada. Heli skiing. Oh, yeah. Hell yes. Okay. I, I was like, yeah, this would not have been on my docket a couple of years ago. I was like, she's like, so what do you think about heli skiing for our wedding? And I'm like, I love you. <laughs> Who are you? I think that's incredible. But I think that it's entirely possible to find people that you're going to grow with. It's just way harder. That's all. Oh, it's definitely, harder. definitely harder. You know, so you're just not going to be, you know, a lot of people, they, they don't honor that growth and they grow away from the person they're with or the job they're in. And they let it make them miserable because they're not willing to do what they need to do to step away from it. And that's, I think probably a reason for a lot of quiet desperation in this world because people are growing and they are changing. And, you know, something to think about is you, when you grow away from, when you level up and, you know, it's another buzzword, like, you know, when you outgrow people, that's another thing people are always talking about, like, you got to oh, yeah. leave the squad. And it's like, that doesn't make you better than them. That makes you different. Exactly. And, and I think that that's something you need to keep in mind because you're going to be not a great human being if you don't keep that in mind. And but I it's love bringing that up. Because, right, it, let's look at the people. The, we usually, I think we're more worried about what other people are thinking or going to say. And it's like, listen, I'm not trying to say I don't want to be a friend with you anymore. It's just that you're not on my growth path of, of my inner circle, right? So, like, we can still catch up from time to time if you want. But, like, dude, I'm on a mission. And if you're not going to be somewhat in alignment with that, I have to, I'm sorry. You, you're not going to grow my company. You're not going to grow my future my crazy wedding goals, whatever. Like there's people that I just don't reach out to anymore because I, I realized also I was the one holding on to that, those friendships or those inner circles. It's like, I was actually putting more work in than they were to stay in touch with me. So it's like, wait a minute, isn't that a two way street? And I think that's also a fear factor you're bringing up right now. A lot of people were afraid to step on people the wrong way and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, if, if they're meant to be in your life and they, and they truly care about you, they should want you to kick ass and take names and crush it and level up as you're saying, or as my little mug that I had made fuel up, right? Like we got to do, we're trying to grow. That's the point of podcasting and book writing and everything else. Like let's put the right content out there to help people yeah. grow not feel bad about it. not feel guilty about it. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, one of the mindset shifts for me that was a, a literal life changer was focusing on what you do want and what you don't want. So saying, um, and, and if you do this, it, it allows you to not, it allows you to grow where you need to grow and, uh, not be a jerk in the process. Right. So like sometimes people are like, just because you're outgrowing a friend group or doing, or focusing more on writing or your business or whatever it is you're doing, that doesn't, you don't need to tell them like, I'm outgrowing you, bro. Like you just focus on what you do want, focus on what you're trying to do, push the intellectual frontiers, push the physical frontiers, okay. do your thing. But when you focus on what you do want versus what you don't want. It's a much different internal conversation as well. And that's something that's really changed my life. So, you know, I don't want to go broke. It's much different than I want to make six figures this year, hmm. right? Because it shifts you from being problem oriented to solution oriented. 
because if you're like, I want to make six figures this year, now you've got to figure out a reason why. But if you spend all your time focused on like, well, I'm, I don't, I don't want to put out a book that nobody reads. It's like, nobody does so focus on what you do want nobody's gonna read it if you're already assuming that you're already basically putting the nail in the coffin so to speak right like but i think that negation though is when people are you know to take the conversation full circle when people are looking to make a change in their life a change in career or whatever relationship whatever it is the reason they don't is because they focus on everything that they don't want they focus on what could go wrong Hmm. and that's that's like one of the you know inconvenient truth about the future that you're scared of. Like it holds everything that you're scared of. It also holds everything that your life has a possibility to be. Hmm. No, I like that. Cause like my piece of art behind me there in the video, right? Dream plan do everything you're saying right now. I want to also get some screen sharing in here too, because what you're hitting on right now, just when I look at one of your sites, uh, for example, ladies and gentlemen, again, Lionheart radio is his podcast, but he also has his own site for his name, rickalexander.com. And I'm going to show this one first because that little tagline right there of like just the keyword clarity. Like, so you, you have a clarity Academy, which is linked yeah. on this site, add meaning to your ambition. Um, is that some of just some of the content that you really try and get into with, with, with your Academy that you work with people on? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people in this life are going through life without really knowing who they really are and what they really want. And a lot of that is because they have this, all of these, like we talked about, preconceived notions and ideas and, you know, cognitive researchers believe that you don't know about 95% of what goes on in your own brain. Very true. Right. And so we have to figure out a way to start acting by our own accord if we want our life to go the way that we actually want it to go. The problem is most people don't know what it is they actually do want. And so that Clarity Academy that I started is really to help people figure out who they really want to be and and what they really want. And as a byproduct of that, you'll find that your life start does start to take on a whole new meaning. Interesting. And is that is so clearly from your background, you're like me, I'm an endurance athlete. I love endurance sports, but I noticed like right off the bat, like you start here, you give them two options. Very simple. You're either looking for performance coaching or you're looking for endurance coaching. So what made you pick those two areas just to say, you know what, is that just because your mindset, man, like that's where you come from or what, what made you just narrow down those two little sectors? Yeah, no, because I, I feel like everybody, if you really know who you are, you're going to work within your unique genius. And that for me is like, I'm so, I mean, I spend all of my free time. If I weren't coaching, if I didn't have clients, if this weren't my business, I would still be watching performance psychology lectures at night. Like I'm a nerd. I would still be running ultra marathons. Like these are the things that I feel called to do. And so, and that's another thing too. A lot of us do activities that drain us. And at the end of, I've started businesses where I hustle and work and we're making money and I'm dead at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, if I write about performance for an entire day and I don't get one piece of validation, you know, writing is, a, as you know, is a process where there's not a lot of validation. You're just yeah. you in a word doc, but I'll do that all day for eight hours and I'll leave with like energy and ideas and, and ready for what's next. And so that's like the difference when you really find what it is you want to be doing and you realize you would be doing those things regardless of the money involved. It's the biggest performance hack in the world that nobody pays attention to. Like if you work within what you really want, motivation, discipline, all these things come as a byproduct. I I completely agree with you because it's funny because like recently, this has happened a couple of times over the past few years, but I'm I'm a big advocate for the CrossFit space or whatever, you know, form of fitness you care about. Right. I used to, I used to teach spinning for five to six years. 
I've been a, a USSA ski race coach over the years. Like these are all my, I've always had fitness ingrained into my life. And I usually end up falling my, you know, making my way, go into a leadership role. It's just who I am. I, I'm always, I love teaching. I love coaching. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, I love CrossFit so much. I'm a CFL one trainer. I mean, I've done, I've actually held regular classes. Now I'm just kind of like, if I have the free time and I'm local, and my friends who own the different gyms around me like need, need my help. Yeah, I told them, let me know, and I'll drop in and coach a class for you. I don't do it on a regular basis. Um, because, and the, But recently, I, I've been approached to actually become a, an owner of a couple different facilities. And I was like, I, I'm honored that you, you know, see me as a valuable you know, leader and influencer in your community. But I'm not interested. Like it's, I've got this thing about brick and mortar businesses and I'm just against them. Like I, I'm happy to help them help. I'm a marketer, right? I'm a branding guy. I'm helping the, I'm happy to, I'm not against the business. It's just for me personally, I don't want that. I love the online space. I love being able to pick up my laptop, go to a Starbucks in Denver, Colorado, and I can go run whatever I'm doing for my clients. I need the location freedom because that's my master plan for the timeline. I need a virtual business. I don't want to be anchored by a physical brick and mortar business. And that's my master plan with my fiance. I want to help her grow her veterinary business to the point where her team of doctors can run the physical business. She's realized in the past year, she loves much more of the wellness and the, cause she's also a chiropractor for animals. So like, wait, she's a, she's a horse vet. And I'm like, listen, you work on race horses and you know how to chiropractically adjust a horse's jaw and a spine and all this stuff. I was like, you should build, we should build you into like some type of online brand. And they, and in the beginning, you're not going to get clients, right? <laughs> Let's be real. You're growing online brand. It's going to take a little while to build some existence. But then oh, yeah. when you're ready, when we're skiing in Colorado and you want to pick up some side hustle business while you're out there, a local farm finds out that you're out there. Like, hey, that's Dr. Kristen from online. Like, let's let's bring her in and do a training session for our clients. And then now you've just monetized your ski vacation, right? Like, it's these are the things that I'm working on with her. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because that's the master plan for us is that we want... I want us both to be able to pick up and go and do anything. So I thought I'd share that with you because I'm sure this is part of your, I mean, you're in Australia and everything else right now. So like, I want to make sure people hearing this know that not everybody today can just pick up and go to Australia. You had to put certain things in place to get yourself to where you are, correct? Oh, very much so. I mean, this is years of, of making to this build this lifestyle. Wait, you, didn't, and you didn't turn us around in weeks? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, you know, the guy that works 10 years every single day and then has a hit and then is an overnight success. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just that was 10 years in the making, but you know what you, you alluded to there at the beginning. That's really interesting to me because you knew what you want. You were able to say no to a good opportunity. And sure. I can't even, I mean, almost everybody has so much trouble saying no, because they don't really have clarity around what they do want. And, and because of that, they'll, even if they do say no, then they'll spend the next 10 minutes like backpedaling and word vomit and trying to like justify why they, Nobody can just say no and stand on a no because they have a value or a principle or a reason. And it's because so many of us are running around like doing what we should do and doing what people tell us to do that we don't take the time to think like that might be a good opportunity, but not for me. Yeah. You know, and, and sorry, keep going. No, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I just think that, you know, a lot of people, they, they say yes to so many things and you just, you know, we're do, we're in a culture of doers. And so you just keep doing and you keep doing and the path just keeps getting further and further away from where you really want to be. And it was paved with good opportunities the whole entire way. 
I love the fact you uh, you brought up another p- important thing. We're, we're firing, man. This is a good session today. Um, the whole keep saying yes. So, I mean, there's lots of different speakers out there and people like Gary Vaynerchuk and all these influencers. And a lot of people go, well, you got to hustle. Just keep saying yes, and one of those yeses will work. Well, I actually like the fact you brought that up because you can only say yes to so many things. And it's not one of those classic quotes like, everything you say yes to means just one less thing you can't say yes to. That, that type of slogan. The point is, like, you keep saying yes, number one, you're diluting your 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 focus. You're diluting mm-hmm. your ability to crush it because you can't crush it on 15 different projects at the same time. Like I realized that with my consulting, I only have a few clients. Like it's like I can say, I literally have less than five clients, my primary clients. Now here and there, people want to do a one-off coaching session or a branding session here and there, it's fine. But as far as retained clients or retained hours being billed, I actually really out of the five, it's really three that I'm just hardcore focused on. Because I right now in my stage of my business, I don't want to build a virtual team to that scale yet. And I don't want to deal with all these noise because I just, that's what I want. And everybody's like, well, you, you still have a single point of failure. It's you. I'm like, nah, not really. I got VAs. I got software. I got things automated. You'd be surprised how much I can unplug. So, uh, but, but to your point here, that full circle is, Knowing what to say yes for and what to say no to is huge. It's huge if you're going to try and start crushing it. I learned that yeah. from one of my mentors. So, Yeah, I mean, this motivation culture of hustle, hustle, grind, grind, that being the answer is is garbage. Like people, you need to protect your energy. I mean, you just, does it take hustle? Of course it does. But if you if that's the God you worship, you are going to end up somewhere miserable and burnt out and exhausted. And you're going to hate what you're doing. Because I've literally gone down that road of, of hustle being the, the end and not the means. And that's that's where that leaves you. And, you know, you pulled up my website. If you go to it, if you go to endurance coaching right now, it says I'm not accepting anybody. If you go to performance oh, yeah? coaching, it's oh, like you can good. enroll in this academy and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you, yeah you, got because, on, you got these on lockdown. Yeah. I mean, there's a million things I could do. Like, okay. But if, I have to protect my energy if I want to do the things I actually do well. Okay. And so, you know, I mean, could I sell a million things on this website? Yeah, of course I could, but I'm just diluting quality and I'm, I'm doing it at the expense of my own energy. And there's almost nothing more important than that to me. I agree with that. I mean, again, now to be fair, ladies and gentlemen, you could still like crush it with lineheartrad.io as in radio. So mm-hmm. that's right. You don't have to use dot coms all the time anymore, people. <laughs> Um, but you, you crushed on, on, on the podcast. So that's clearly, cause let's be real podcasting. Apparently takes a little time. Um, <laughs> apparently, apparently we can't just slap out podcasts left and right. And it's just, no, there's no effort at all. Um, there is some work involved, but uh, my fiance tells me all the time. She's like, when are you going to monetize your show? And I'm like, I don't want to. She's just like, well, people like Joe Rogan have all these commercials. I'm like, yeah. And they drive me crazy. I don't, Same. I, I, it, I hate it. It drives me nuts. Now, granted, as you grow your brand, Technically, I can say I have monetized my show because my second largest client I got because we met through podcasting. So if you want to make the connect the dots, I did monetize my show. I gained a client out of it. <laughs> I right. just it's a drown same with commercials. Me. Yeah, right. I mean, same with me. I mean, you have to, it's got to be authentic to you. And it's the biggest marketing tool that I have, you know, like our listeners, I absolutely love our listeners and they're very loyal and they, 
you know, they listen for a reason. So they buy the things that I do sell. And that's good enough for me. Like to one of the things I really do, all the industries I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm constantly listing all of the things I don't like about those industries so that I don't do them. There you go. Uh, you know, because our audience is big enough that if we wanted to monetize it, I could. And then I have to weigh that, okay, now I'm squeezing out a little bit more of an income stream for literally going against who I actually am and what I really want. I love that. And I'm not willing to do that. Well, from a couple of your different episodes, so real quick for our listeners so they can, if they get this and they want to go check out your show, what would you sum up your primary theme of your show is? Because like, obviously, I, I, I always get a nice little athletic vibe from it. Definitely the mindset vibe, right? Like mindset's huge. I don't, I mean, that's why I, I know Megan likes you as well. Like nowadays after, what do you got? 122 shows online. So yeah, we actually have much more than that. Oh yeah. That's what I'm just, that's what I'm just seeing here. So how would you sum up where your show is today? Like what is your, cause, cause let's be real as we grow our shows, you probably have to admit it too. There's a metamorphosis. That, <laughs> that oh, happens. for sure. And if there wasn't, I would stop doing the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so we started out, it was a side project for a supplement company that I had. Uh. And yeah. And so we had all CrossFit athletes that we sponsored, which is why we started the show. We're like, oh, this would be fun. Yep. And you see in that picture, we have other co-hosts. Like I started the show with two other people. And uh, as the company grew, I realized like, well, I love creating content and I don't love <laughs> selling supplements as much. Yeah. And so I, I started focusing my energy and then I grew differently than the other co-hosts. So now uh, that's why I ended up taking the show over uh-huh. because as they grew, they decided that that wasn't, we all had to honor like what we really wanted out of our life and out of the business. And mm-hmm. so as it sort of morphed, the, the show that started out very much CrossFit had this metamorphosis to very much of the things that I'm into and it reflects my lifestyle. And I'm, I would say that personal growth and lifestyle development is for sure my biggest thing. The reason we have so many athletes on there is because just like with you with fire, there's so many lessons you can learn from adversity. And so that's what I'm always trying to tool out. What I like about athletes specifically is that they're going to that place of adversity every single day. True. And so they're, they're full of lessons. If you can, if, if you can, uh, ask the right question, if you can get the feedback out of them. Um, yeah, yes, right. it's, I will say every so often you get that one challenging, I don't like to, I don't like to call them interviews. Cause my show's format is like today you're, you're the guest co-host. You're helping me run this show. So I want people to have two way questioning. It's not just me asking questions and interviewing people. Uh, but I, it's true. Like when you have somebody on and they're not used to that format, it's fun trying to get them to talk about stuff that they're not used to from a Q and a format. It's like, no guys, like I'm not here to follow your, your, your rule book. Like I want to know you, I want my listeners to know you. And right. it's interesting trying to pry some of that out of people. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I do the exact same thing. It's a, I like the conversation to organically go where the conversation goes because you know, that's, that is stepping into that future that you don't know. It is way easier to control every factor, have a Q and a, uh, and the, if you don't, the chance that it might go poorly is there, it's on the table, but the chance that it might end up somewhere incredible that you could have never imagined the conversation. I mean, that's totally worth it. Yeah. It's, it's awesome that way because you and I both admit, uh, I'm sure you could back me up. If you, you probably have heard other shows cause we're, if you're a podcaster, you definitely listen to other podcasts and oh, for sure. I'm not trying to rip on other shows. I'm just saying what I don't like is. What, what inspired me to go open format was a few times I heard somebody's show 
and somebody left out this zinger that if I was hosting the show and I'm like, oh, dude, like, don't skip past that. Ask him what he just said. And they completely missed it because you could tell they're following their standard structured format of how they run their show. And I'm like, oh, my God, you missed a huge bomb that would have just rocked that episode. And then you eventually get to the point where you hear enough repetition. And that's when it's like, that's it. I'm launching my own show. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Did you ever go through some of that yourself? Oh, for sure. And you know, what's funny is you have these guests on that are very packaged and that have been in the public spotlight for a while. So you have a bigger guest on, they have their canned answers. And so they're ready to just rattle them off. And that's what they'll do. And then when you say, hold on, hold on, let's unpack that. It's like, you just slammed on the brakes going a hundred and they're like, oh God, what do I, but you know what? Let me ask you on that. Do they thank you at the end? hundred uh, percent. See, there's a difference. See, a lot of people going back to this is full circle back to your early point of show. People are afraid to maybe step into the unknown or into that challenging position. They're worried about possibly upsetting, let's say their guest co-host or their person they're interviewing. And it's like, wait a minute. The whole point is that yes, obviously that person's probably trying to gain more exposure for their book or their brand or their business, or they just really love going on podcasts, whatever it may be. The point is that I, if I was on, if, if somebody took time out of my day to get me to come on their show, I want to have fun with it as well. But yeah, I'm looking forward to see what they're going to ask me and what they're going to challenge me with. Cause I, I don't want another canned response type show. And that just sounds boring as heck. So I, I know for every time I've, I've actually crushed it with somebody, that's how I know if I crushed it or not. If after the show or at the end, like, by the way, dude, like, you asked me some great questions and you really took it to a different place than someone's ever taken to me on a podcast before. And I'm like, that makes me feel good. At least me anyway. So I don't know if my listeners, yeah, no, I, I hope they do. <laughs> right. Well, no, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that about this interview in, in fact, but you know, what's funny is when you, when you go on another show and they have that Q and a, but you're used to just going where you go and then you can see them reeling. Like I've been on a few shows where, I can tell they have questions and so I'll go and I'll talk and I'll talk, I'll try to expand into a different area and then they'll go back and they'll be like, well, okay. So well, what point did you stop playing sports? Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, so, and that's where it's like, I think I can count on one hand a few times where I had a couple of goals and then the one or two times I literally tried to make myself find a way to full circle that. And I was like, you know what? let it go, man. You've never done it. Don't start doing it now. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be the weird transition. Just let the show flow. And if there's another huge section that maybe you guys should have dove into before, schedule a future show. See if they're game at the end of the episode. You know what? I would have loved to dig into this. Do you want, you want to come back sometime and dig into that more? Can't hurt to ask. Sales 101. Right. Ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. And, you know, this is for my entire life, I found the beauty in life is outside of the rigidity. Like we have these plans, right? It's like that. I don't even know the quote, but it's like you make plans and you hear God laughing. It's like (laughs) all of life, everything that's good happens when you let go of the rigidity and you let go of, you know, what you think you're supposed to do and be and who you, how you're supposed to talk. And it's like, when you just get out there and you, you, the world is is happening outside of all of the lines and you gotta, gotta be willing to see where it goes. I, Uh, I, I made up a, I'm trying to remember my exact quote. All right, I can't remember exactly, but I said, you know what? The life worth living is completely outside your comfort zone. That's the point. Sure. It's like, 
that's when you're going to learn the most. It's going to inspire the most. It's going to create the, the best stories. Like my thing is this: like, what's the other line? There's another line, quote out there: like, uh, he with he or she with the most stories or the best stories wins or something like that. One of those types of things, right? It's like that's the point, man. That's why that's why I love conversation. I love getting to know other people, where they come from, what was some of their adventures. Um, that's the point of podcasting, right? I mean, you being former military, me being former fire, like we got, we got some crazy stories. They'll come up sooner or later. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's serendipitous because on my show this morning, you know, I have a morning coffee cause we do a show daily. So at least three times a week, it's like a short 10 minute show where I essentially will pose a quick story and then, uh, I'll pose a quick question, just something for someone to think about throughout their own life. Cool. And the question I pose today is what is the one thing that you know that you have to do that you are not doing? And I think it's really interesting because everybody has an answer to that question. Every single human being, if you sit on your bed. (laughs) Yeah, right? It comes quick. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of times- I need to be doing more editing on my book and I'm not editing. I I already finished writing it. I I have to edit now because I'm self-publishing. Oh, cool. And uh, it's, I found that writing it was supposed to be the struggle. And now the struggle is setting the time and going in and doing the editing. It's like, dude- Gotta, yeah, gotta so we can talk about that after the show, actually. That's <laughs> good, I can tell you everything not to do. Um, that's but, awesome. <laughs> but but oh, yeah, the thing actually, is, yeah, there's another screen share. Keep going. Um, but so the thing is that that is the reason you're not doing that thing is almost always because it's a steep, narrow cliff with rocks below it, and you are on a paved sidewalk. Yeah, you know, it is uncomfortable to go over there, but you have to if you want to get anywhere worth being. Yeah, and I don't want to skip over this because we are coming towards the end of our time slot, but I just got done screen sharing for the audio listeners. Um, Amazon, this will all be linked. I always backlink everything because that's Google 101. You always give your co-host as much backlinking as possible. That'll be on the livethefuel.com for his show. But Burn Your Couch is available on Amazon. So make sure you order it. (laughs) I leave it at that, but uh, that's what I'm screen sharing right now. But obviously... Back to your point, uh, you were just joking around about editing and putting the work in. Like, dude, I'm sure writing Burn Your Couch wasn't just rolled off the tongue or rolled off the keyboard as soon as you decided no. to write it. No, I mean, that process, I mean, we, you know, I know we're getting toward the end, so we won't get into it, but that process took me years. And um, it was years of me not doing the thing that I knew I needed to do. I kept denying that call to adventure. And because of that, I delayed what I really wanted to be doing in this world by years. And it was painful and it, I really fought to get that out there. You know, that book I released a year ago, essentially the idea behind that is a lot of what we're talking about, that most people mistake being comfortable for being happy. And those two things just aren't the same. But the fact that I eventually did answer that call, figure that process out. I mean, I'm literally essentially a full-time author now and I'm in Australia writing my second book. Oh, that's awesome. The future you don't know is way better than you could have even imagined. But you have to do that one thing. And usually it's the most uncomfortable thing. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's kind of been part of my book too. Is the I didn't think I, you actually had a key word here on the back of your book. Uh, Burn your couch is an unapologetic manifesto, and it's funny when I made the decision to be able to do fire. I'm not. I wasn't like, listen, this is my decision. This is my life. Yes, I love my family. I love my friends. But all my guys, I have to do this, and I wasn't going to apologize for it. And then I found out, you know through that process. Yeah. My family was worried. Some of my very close friends were very worried about me. Uh, they couldn't wait for me to get it out of my system, so to speak. And I said, well, that's great. And I, I love you for that. And I appreciate that. It still wouldn't have changed anything. I still would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, well, people want what's best for, for you, you know? Yeah. Listen, 
uh, especially the people closest to you, if they've not taken some of these crazy audacious, what, what is it? What is the uh, the brag? Uh, big hairy audacious goals. Um, I'm forgetting the author who quoted that. I saw him on stage. I'm blanking on his name right now. But big hairy audacious goals. In order to set them, that that comes back to your point earlier in this show. Who are the people you're surrounding yourself with? Who are the inner circles that you're, start, you're you're allowing your manifestation to take you towards? Because setting big, hairy, audacious goals normally does not come from the old circles of influence. These comes from the new circles of influence that you're allowing into your life. Right. That's my point. Yeah, I mean, I got out of the military at 12 years. Uh, everybody, everybody says, you got to do eight more years. My, the only thing I could think about is eight years to do a job that you're unhappy with when you know there's an entire life you want to be doing. And you've already first served, of all, man. You've already put in your time. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, that's ridiculous. Like nobody should do anything they don't want to do for eight years, but because it's a military and you get a retirement, everybody. But what I found is that the people that are giving me that advice weren't necessarily very happy with their own path. Mm -hmm. And, but all they're doing is projecting what they know and they want what's best for you. It's not malicious. Like the world's not against you. People are just for themselves. And in fact, they just probably have a misguided idea about what you're capable of because they didn't work capable of it in their own life. Yeah. And so they're going to project that on you and you're going to get a bunch of that, but you got to stay true. You got to honor the process. I back you under 10%. I mean, I still, it's funny how things manifest differently in your life. Like, yes, I might be some quote, uh, settled down more. Um, but I haven't stopped doing a lot of the things that I learned thanks to that lifestyle shift of burning my couch or literally getting rid of my house and getting rid of the nice car. Like I still have my North Face, the backstrap packed, the big uh, base camp duffel bags. Those things are amazing. I, I talk about gear hacks all the time too. I know you're kind of the same way. And I still have every single size in my garage and I still have stuff in them because I don't want to unpack. I have... I have, I have a mountaineering pack dedicated to my rock climbing gear. I have a mountaineering pack dedicated to my camping gear. And then I have a North Face Base Camp duffel bag just for my ski gear, one for my mountain biking gear. Like It's actually very organized because I'm a little anal retentive. But the point is that was my life while I was bouncing around the country because I only fought fire for six months out of the year because that's right. the hottest part of the year is the summer. But we did 2,000 hours in six months. Like that's a normal okay. nine to fivers full year of employment. So we were pretty beat up and tired. So what do you think mm -hmm. I did? I traveled, dude. I went rock climbing. I, I fl flew to Ireland and backpacked Ireland because I didn't backpack enough. I, let's go backpack Ireland. But hey, I was fit. Uh, <laughs> but the point yeah. is, is that live your life, man. Take the, take the journey. And you'd be surprised what stays with you. I'm still uh, obsessed with minimalism. And I don't like, like, it's weird having books because I switched everything to digital. But then some authors aren't doing audiobooks, which drives me nuts. I'm like, please, please launch on Audible. Is this on Audible? Dude, it's, call, Oh, did I call you out? Be, I'm sorry. No, I just finished recording it. I oh, literally yeah. yesterday. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Congratulations. It's miserable. Yeah. It's a, it's a ridiculous process. The next one. Uh, the next book I release, the audio book, will release with it. Did yes. you do your own voiceover? Yes. Good. I got people trying to tell me not to do that. I'm like, dude, I'm a podcaster. I love, I love it when authors speak their own book because then you can, it just, it just comes across better. You can tell that you've lived that story. Same. Yep. I, I would love to have not done it because it was a lot of work, <laughs> but. Yeah, I got to say true. Like that's that's another thing. I listen to audiobooks when it's the author. And so it's like, yeah. okay, man. You know I, 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 I've listened to a few with the professional voiceover people. I don't get the same high out of it. 
uh, especially, man, there's some great books like former Navy SEAL guys or, or stories of Navy SEALs. I love those books. Oh, my God. Um, I'm blanking on the one right now that was awesome a few months ago. Like, I was crying at one point listening mm. to this story. That's how good it was. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Um, something Fearless? Oh, Fearless. Yeah, yeah. That's right? great. Um, that was was that Adam story. Brown? Yeah. Yeah, Adam Brown's story. Holy crap, yeah. dude. That I, I listened to that twice. So, yeah, and I have the physical book, but I just, I crush content digitally. So, uh, yeah, no, his story is incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good question to ask yourself right now for people listening to this. Like, is your, is your story going to be worth telling? Yeah. But again, you don't know until you put it out there. Yeah. And you, and you know what the thing is too, when you go after something you want, you inevitably find out that there are some things that you like the idea of more than you actually like. Mm-hmm. And that's just as powerful because when you find out what you don't want, you're more positioned to find out what you do want. And so that's not going to bounce around in your head as it could have or should have, or maybe if for the rest of your life. Yeah. You I know, I spent, I spent a couple of years growing up. I wanted to be a rock star my whole life. I spent a couple of years playing in the music industry and we weren't, huge but we had like a local song on the radio and we opened for some bands that I liked and you know we played around I literally got to feel like I I realized that I did not want to do that for the rest of my life that I wasn't willing to even put in the work I didn't like the industry there were a lot of things I loved the idea of being a rock star I did not like be trying to be one Hmm. super important I no longer have to wonder what it would have been like but here's the funny thing you've realized that and then you just helped us understand you're becoming more of a full-time author and you just admitted that you went through hell doing your audio version of your book, but I didn't hear you say, I'm never going to do that again. No, I'm going to do it again yeah. in two months. <laughs> exactly. So this still sucks, the amount of work that you have to put into it, but this is fueling your fire. That's what I like hearing from that, right? Okay, you're yeah. not meant to be the rock star, but you're willing to put in the work, the struggle, the sweat, the tears, the strain of your audio vocals uh, to to put out books and put those stories out there. So that's pretty powerful. That was an amazing tie into your show. Yeah. Try to. That's great. That's hey, it helps. But, having but, a good, it helps have a good co-host. <laughs> well, it's true though. I mean, you know, I, I said it already, I think throughout the show, but we're always looking for these. How can we get, how can we be a better performer? Like where's the hack? What is the, where's the biohack? How can we feel better? How can we achieve more? Do the thing that you feel called to do in the world. And it will be the biggest performance hack you could ever imagine. Because like I said, all the hustle, all the grind, those all become byproducts. There's no, there's no question in my mind that I'm not going to rack myself over the keyboard and that I'm not going to record the next audiobook because I love what I'm doing. It's still going to be hard work. The only difference yes. is you're not actually completely hating it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to want to do it. And then, and then you're like, oh, dude, that sucked. But like every fire I was on, it sucked. But I was looking forward to go back on the next fire. Right. And then yeah. after two years, I realized, okay, until you're it. not now it's losing some of the appeal. <laughs> right. So, well, listen, this has been an awesome show. As Megan hinted, I knew you'd rock the mic. Um, there's something special that I ask of all of my guest co-hosts and you're being a fellow podcast. You'd be prime with it. And I love all your performance and your endurance and the author story transformation is powerful. I'm loving the fact you're, you're, you're dialing in with us from Australia. So, um, I ask that you help close the show out. Is there some final words that you would like to leave behind to our audience in case they forget everything else we shared today and all the websites, which again, everything will be on livethefuel.com. But is there any final words you're trying to put out there with your manifesto or your mission or your statement in life? 
You know, I will close it. This is, I'm going to close it with a, a Carl Jung quote. And it wasn't the quote I gave you at the beginning of the show. Okay. Um, but uh, until you make the subconscious conscious, it's going to rule your life and you're going to call it fate. And um, I think there's no more worthy ideal than figuring out who you really want to be and what you really are. And I know I've been talking about it throughout this whole show. Um, but until you do that, everything else won't matter. You'll put your energy in the wrong place. You'll be in the wrong relationships. You'll do the wrong job. And not, not necessarily every single aspect of your life. Like you might love your job or you might love your relationship. That's, I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating for burning the ships completely. But all I'm saying is once you get in touch with what you really want and who you really want to be in this world, you'll find that it's a much better life. Because every single person that's doing the quote unquote thing that you look up to, all of the pro athletes, all the rock stars, all the podcasters and authors, they're just waking up and making it up just like you are, mm -hmm. except they're making it up within what they really want to do. You know, it's, there's no secret to this life. It's just do the things you want to do and then work backward from there. But if you don't do that, if you don't know what that thing is, you're, you're going you're gonna to miss the mark every time. Dude, I love that. Well, listen, hang tight. I'll give a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I dropped it multiple times in the show, but again, check them out at rickalexander.com. But definitely uh, pop a little subscription over to Lionheart Radio. And again, that's lionheartrad.io uh, for the URL if you want to visit the site. And again, it's the holiday season. I think people need some more books to inspire them. You might want to check out Burn Your Couch. It's on Amazon. All right. So thanks for tuning in to another definitely fired up Live the Fuel podcast show. And again, Rick Alexander rocked the mic with us today. So again, check out his show. Do him some respect. Please share. If, if it doesn't fit you, but you think it's going to fit somebody else, share his show with somebody else, just like you do with my show. But again, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Later, gang. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com. 